Hey, now, if you're like me, you've got a mortgage and a family who depends on your income, then you need to protect the ones you love with life insurance. Life insurance can pay off a mortgage or it can help send the kids to college. It's peace of mind. Now, you might think you can't afford it. Chances are SelectQuote can help you get it for less than a buck a day. So, yes, you can afford it. Here's how this works. Select Quote Comparison shops up to 10 highly rated companies, including Prudential, Banner Life, and Mutual of Omaha, and others, to find you the company with the very best rates. This is the best way to shop for life insurance. And Select Quote is an amazing option because they comparison shop and they save you time. They do all of this legwork for you. Life insurance is critical. If you pass, life insurance is your income replacement. It can help your spouse or partner pay off the mortgage or pay for college. So let Select Quote save you time and money. Get your free quote at selectquote.com slash Rome today. Selectquote.com slash Rome and get a free quote. Do not put off protecting your family another day. Selectquote.com slash Rome. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors not available in all states. Afterwards at the Vanity Fair party, she, she literally walked over to our mic and said, are they doing it? Asking about Gaga and Bradley Cooper. It was bananas. My question is not, are they doing it? My question, because I'm assuming they are. My question was, are they going to do it right there on the stage? With his woman sitting right in right. the front row. Jim, could you imagine if that happened? Yes. I mean, your wife I was would run up it. and strangle you. Welcome to the Jim Rome Podcast. We are now 71 episodes into the original side hustle, and it is time for a podcast first. The return of butter. We have never had a repeat guest on the pod until now. And there's no better first repeat guest on the pod than my man Kevin Frazier. And there's no better time to run down Kay Frazier than right after the Oscars. We recorded this conversation yesterday, and it is awesome. The co-host of Entertainment Tonight made time for this podcast after one of the craziest weekends ever. Butta and I taped this yesterday afternoon after he started his morning in a makeup chair before 4 a.m. And Kev brought it like he always does. We covered the biggest night in Hollywood. We also got into the biggest stories in all of sports. And it was a tremendous conversation like it always is with my man Butta. So pot up. F71 starts right now. Butta, my man Kevin Frazier. Kevin, dude, you are straight up macho. Oscars last night. You were on the gram this morning from the makeup chair at 3.45 a.m. And now we're doing this podcast right now. How are you living after an absolutely insane weekend? You know, this is like the award season drill. And it's almost like like the NBA finals grind where you're going from city to city. And, and really, sports trained me well, but... Man, I'm glad award season is over because it beats you up every single year. You know, it's such a great point. I mean, sports did train you well, and it is the season. I mean, I know you've covered this before, but it is interesting to me, Kevin. You've been to the biggest sporting events in the world. You've covered them. You have been to the biggest entertainment events in the world. You have covered them, like the Oscars. How are they similar? How are they different? All right. Well, the one thing, and as you know, the Oscar red carpet is a madhouse. And when you're walking down that carpet and you look around, you never know who's coming next. With like, the thing with sports is you always know who's on the roster. 
So no matter what, you know that, you know, hey, I know that it's Jordan, it's Pippen, it's, you know, everybody on the Bulls. I know everybody on the Lakers. I know everybody on the Rams. But with this, it's like you don't know if the best documentary, um, you know, producer is going to show up next or the the people in the cinematography category are going to show up next and they'll stand right in front of you. Or say, for instance, some star that you had no idea was going to come to the Oscars, but they show up anyway. So it is always like you have to stay on your toes because it's crazy and they come one after the other. You literally turn around and there's somebody new staring you in the grill. Yeah, the degree of difficulty is just off the charts. So it is Hollywood's biggest night. You were right there. I, I'm curious about your biggest takeaways from the 91st Academy Awards. What were your favorite moments from last night? Listen, let's start. The, the Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga thing is just crazy because they perform shallow. They look at each other, and already you're wondering, like, can that chemistry be that good and nothing ever happened between them? Are you telling me that everything's all good? And they look at each other in, in the eyes, in the face, and you're like, are they about to kiss on the, on the Oscar stage? They don't kiss, but you have to remember, while all this is shaking out, his baby mama, the, the love of his life, Irina Shake, is sitting right down in a seat, you know, 20 feet away. I would have paid to see a cutaway of her face and that moment and what she thought as her man was staring into some other woman's eyes. But let's not forget, here's the thing about Irina Shake. Yes, she's a supermodel. She's beautiful. She had five years of Cristiano Ronaldo before she, she hooked up with Bradley Cooper. So she's been in the big chair before, so she's not afraid of a big moment. But it was crazy just the chemistry between those two. And everybody, Tiffany Haddish was so funny because afterwards at the Vanity Fair party, she, she literally walked over to our mic and said, are they doing it? Asking about Gaga and Bradley Cooper. It was bananas. Oh, dude, that was so great the way you laid that out. Hey, my question is not... Are they doing it? My question, because I'm assuming they are. My question was, are they going to do it right there on the stage? Right, and with his woman sitting right, right in the front row. Right. I'm like, Jim, could you imagine if that happened? Yes. I mean, your wife I was would rooting run for up it. and strangle you. Yeah, yeah, no. Yes, I can imagine. I was rooting for it. But, yeah, I mean, that was crazy. Look, I understand. Kevin, I understand that Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga are actors. They're artists. I understand that they're in in role but man watching them together i think that i speak for the entire country are they together are they together all right so let me digress and now that we got to the good stuff but if you were to take a step back lady gaga became the first person ever to be nominated for best original song and best actress in the same year yeah she ends up winning on sunday for best original song kev so what are you more impressed with bradley cooper the musician or lady gaga the actress uh, bradley cooper the musician i mean dude doesn't have like real pipes you know right like you're on the biggest stage in the world and you're getting out there and all of a sudden it's like can you hang you know what it reminds me of remember when Della Ladova came out of nowhere for Cleveland and like turned into a player right and worked that into a big contract that's what reminds a dude who has no business doing what he's doing and quickly realizes I have no business doing it but he does it well enough for just a second to get paid and that's what happened Bradley Cooper saying just well enough for a second to make that song a hit and make his movie explode. So everybody's like, oh, you're killing it. You won't hear him on an album. He'll never do it again. He had his moment. So I was really impressed with that. Yeah, I, was, I was blown away. I was, too. I really was, too. That, that was a moment. And there were some other moments. You know, it's interesting, Gavin, because the, it's not getting the best of reviews today. Top to bottom, what did you think of the evening overall? 
Look, I thought, like, you need a host. Let's just be honest. You need a host. It was great moments. The presenters did some funny stuff. But I still think a host, you know, stitches the moment together. But I will tell you this, ratings went up. And in this day and age, for ratings to go up or stay even, it's a big, big deal. So I guess they did all right. And people liked the hostless Oscars. Or maybe they were just waiting. Maybe people tuned in for the train wreck. Or maybe people tuned in because they knew that, you know, it was good movies and good races. But I, I Jim, I got to be honest with you. I think you need a host. Yeah, it's and maybe good. that's because yeah. that's the job you're taking away from somebody that yeah. I'm thinking about. No, exactly. It's a job that you're taking away from somebody, but I'm sure they might look at it as, yeah, but we're saving a hell of a lot of money, and the thing didn't move along, and we're trying to tighten it up and shorten it up. It was really curious to me, Kevin, to see that there were people who were like, man, this thing needs a host. This thing really needs a host. And there were others saying that, no, you know what? You don't need a host. That went pretty well. I Personally, I think the thing needs a host. Now, well, the, yeah, go Jim, ahead. It's, Jim, it's a lot like when people used to say, oh, you don't need commentators. You should watch the games and turn the sound down. Right, right. That's crazy. No, it's crazy talk. You need the commentators. They're a necessary evil. The host is a necessary evil. Stop it, y'all. Relax. Stop it. Stop it. You know what? You know what else was great, Jim, last night? Tell me. Is there are also sports moments always woven in. Because, you know, Spike Lee won his first Oscar. It was great. I was happy for him, you know, and he jumped into Samuel Jackson's arms and then and then went crazy. But on the carpet, the first thing I asked him about was Zion Williamson because the old sports guy in me will never die. And I was like, you were there. Did you jinx Zion? Because, you know, everybody feels like the Knicks are tanking to get Zion. And he said, look, you can blame it on Obama, too. But he said he also went home and he checked the New York Post for the next two days, thinking that he was going to be on the back page with the spike jinx because he was in the house during that Carolina-Duke game. He was concerned. Yeah, you don't want that on you. Now, Kevin, I can jump around a little bit, but since you mentioned Zion, him blowing out a Nike and getting hurt was absolutely incredible. You asked the question yourself on Insta, if that was worse for Duke, ESPN, Nike, or teams tanking to get him, answer your own question. Where do you come out? I mean, it sucks for Nike because even though they make great shoes, I mean, and look, Zion's a physical freak. That's why it happened because the kid is – 300 pounds almost, and moves like a gazelle. So, of course, he can blow through a a, a sneaker that would hold a mere mortal. Paul George isn't 300 pounds, and he was wearing PGs. So it was a a bad thing for Nike. But at the end of the day, and I don't care what people say, if I'm Zion's family, if I'm his parents, I'm like, bruh, sit on the end of the bench. You can put on sweats if you want to wear sweats, but you're not playing again. You will not play again for free. For Duke University, for their glory, I'm done with that. Hey, listen, if he wants to come back, then that's great. Uh, I'm not – that's fine. If he wants to come back, I understand that. But for anybody to have any issue with this guy shutting it down right now, I will never, ever understand that. And whatever you do, Kevin, you you and I, you know how this goes. You know how this part of the conversation goes. I know you get this, and I certainly believe this, but don't tell me this guy's getting paid. This guy's playing for free. There was so much money that changed hands that night, and none of it went to him. And don't tell me he's got money in room and board. That's not what that's about. That guy's playing that game for free right now, and there were tens of millions of dollars and hundreds of millions of dollars in his case that was at stake. So don't tell me you've got an issue with this guy shutting it down right now how can he not well and and here's the other thing jim it 
as you said, it's not like, you know, he can get a Lloyd's of London policy and it'll cover him for like eight, ten million dollars, right? And that that covers what he would earn during his life. This is a dude who as his sneaker contract will probably be a hundred million dollars. Right. The shoes alone, forget the rookie contract that he'll get. His shoe contract will make him at least $80 million. Everybody will be rocking those Air Zions. So I shut him down because I say for Coach K to get another championship doesn't do Zion any good. He's already in the fraternity and the family. He came there. He played. He did his thing. Now, son, you've got to guard your future because if that knee is questionable at all, you're talking about costing him hundreds of millions of dollars, and that's stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> you know what's even more stupid, Kevin? This whole notion that you can't put a price on a national championship. The hell you can't. Hell, yeah, yes, sure, you can please. put a price on a national championship, and it's, it's not nearly as much as the money we're talking about this guy winning. So, Hey, check this out. I cannot wait to tell you about my favorite new headphones, the Aftershocks. They are the best-sounding, most innovative headphones I have ever owned, and trust me, I've owned plenty. Here's what makes them so different. Aftershocks features patented bone conduction technology. The headphones don't actually go inside your ear like earbuds that hurt and never stay in. Instead, the Aftershocks rest gently just outside. Yes, follow me here. Just outside your ear and they produce sound by sending mini vibrations through your cheekbones to your inner ear bypassing your eardrum. It's wild. It's crazy. It's unbelievable. I love it. Believe me, I am never, ever going back to regular headphones again. Aftershocks wireless open-ear headphones are the coolest products around. Order an Aftershocks tech bundle right now and get 50 bucks off. Hit roam.aftershocks.com. Use the code Rome at checkout. I'm telling you, this product is amazing. Roam.aftershocks.com. That's the word after and then. S-H-O-K-Z.com. Rome.aftershocks.com. Let me ask you this. The best picture award goes to Green Book. Yeah. Did you have yeah. it winning coming into this? How yeah. did you see that? I had Green Book as a lock. There are two things that I said were locks. Green Book and Glenn Close. I was 50, I was half and half. But I will tell you this about Green Book. I knew that the vote the voting base loved that movie. And that's what you have to look at. The voting base of the Oscars. Yes, there is controversy. There are people who feel like that movie kind of whitewashes or glosses over the real horror of Jim Crow um, in the South during the 60s. But I will tell you this. I talked to Nick Villalanga, who is the son of the guy, Tony, who did the driving, and he said, Dr. Shirley, the character that Mahershala Ali played, told him, this is how I want the story told. You tell it this way. I don't want you to go to my family to get the story. You're going to get it from me. Here is the story. So he told the story the way Dr. Shirley said. Now, Dr. Shirley's family is very upset. They say it's a fabrication. It's not true. You know, he was bigger and they, they, they didn't, you know, they didn't treat him fairly with this movie. But I'm telling you what the actual writer of the movie says that he learned from the horse's mouth. So it's interesting. And look, let's just be happy. It's a good movie. Let's just be happy. Yes, it, I was going to ask you about that, Kevin, because Spike Lee was not happy when he heard the announcement. He didn't try to hide that he was not happy. In fact, he tried to bust out. He tried to leave before he had to come back in, and he was not the only one. I was going to say, in your position, Kevin, can you can you editorialize? I mean, do you share any of those feelings? I, I mean, 
we do say, you know, love, hate. Like, look, I will tell you right now, I, I wasn't a great fan of Roma. I didn't, I didn't love it. I saw it um, twice. I fought through it. It felt a little slow to me. It didn't feel like a masterpiece. It felt like, you know, a night. It, it was a, it's a nice movie, and I get it. It was Alfonso Crone's love letter to Mexico, but I didn't, I didn't like the pacing of it. Now, you got to tell the truth. You got to say that because people can see through you if you're unoff, it went, whether you're authentic or not. And also, I mean, look. It's just like we do in sports, Jim. Every day, you, you say what? Have a take. Don't suck. Tell the truth. Give us your deal. Give us what you think. That's what people got to do. Got to. You have to. Now, what about Spike? Spike finally got his Oscar. How much do you think that meant to him, and what did you make of his acceptance speech? Um, okay, Spike had been saving that for a long time, and here's what, here's what that is. That's years of frustration. That's do the right thing. And, and Spike said this backstage. He said that every time there's a movie about somebody getting chauffeured around, <laughs> I lose. Right. Talking about do the right thing, didn't get nominated the year that um, Driving Miss Daisy won the Oscar, and now Green Book wins, and he loses again. But I think that it meant so much to Spike because he finally won one. He has that honorary Oscar from a couple of years ago, but, I mean, I, I think that thing was being used as a doorstop. This one means something to him because he finally gets to take home the real deal. So he's all fired up. He gets up there. You saw he jumps in Sam Jackson's arm, and then he can't wait to get this piece of paper out. He's so pumped up he can't even read it because he's so fired up. I mean, he was on 10 when he hit the red carpet. When I talked to him on the red carpet, he was already all amped up in his Prince Purple. So it was a big day for Spike. And look, we know, we know that Spike can get amped up. I mean, look, he, he cost, you know, a lot of people feel he cost New York a championship with his argument with Reggie Miller. No, for sure. And then when he had that Prince Purple going, if he was already, if he was already amped up on that red carpet, you can only imagine by the time he got up, by the time he got up on stage and he got that thing in his hand, you knew he was going to go off. Now, you mentioned you thought the other lock, Kevin, was Glenn Close. I think everybody did. And you talked about the season leading up to it. She was killing it in every pre-event leading up to it. So what was the reaction when Olivia Coleman pulled off that stunner, winning the award for Best Actress over her idol? Everybody was shocked. Everybody was blown away. They were like, here comes Glenn Close this time to walk up on the stage and get her Oscar. Hope she has a great speech. I mean, look, Olivia Coleman was really good in the favorite, playing Queen Anne and her dysfunction. But if you saw The Wife, you know that Glenn Close gave a virtuoso performance. A great movie with great twists and turns it is so enjoyable. When Glenn, I mean, literally now she has fallen into the category of like, the greatest golfer never to win a major. She is that woman, that person. She's the greatest. She has the most nominations of any actor without an Oscar at seven now. And right behind her is Amy Adams, who is hot on her heels. But it's like when you're waiting for somebody to get over the hump and win that major, it was like, you know, when you're waiting for Sergio Garcia or Dustin Johnson or one of those guys to win a major and you're, it's so painful and you're like, oh, please. You don't know when Glenn will be in this position again. Great movies don't come around every day. So I think everybody was shocked and a little brokenhearted for her because Olivia Coleman is getting ready to go do The Crown for Netflix. She's taking over as Queen Elizabeth. So she's going to win some Emmys from that. She's going to win. She has more stuff in front of her. She'll win more stuff. We don't know that with Glenn Close. 
And that makes me, I mean, it makes me sad for her. See, Kevin, that's but the thing. But she came out, hey, she came out like a champ last night, answering questions, went to all the parties. She took it like a champ, and I, I respect her for that. No, I do, too. I do, too. She is a champ. I mean, she's very elegant. She's all class. And since you made the sports analogy, I was going to ask you the question, and you really kind of answered it. I was going to say, if she is the most nominated actress never to win an Oscar, is it just a matter of when as opposed to a question of if or maybe, maybe, is it just not meant to be for her? You know, because the difference is in sports, you can put together a run and you can, you can, you can win. But I don't know, you know, if. It's almost like when you have a bad basketball team, it takes so long to build them up into a contender and to actually win an NBA championship. I don't know when the next great movie is going to come around. And look, Glenn is a great actress. And you have to remember, she has to be put in a movie that the Academy loves. It has to be released at the right time. And she has, it has to be the right year where she isn't up against a colossal. Like, like think about this. Everybody, after Star is Born came out, everybody said, this movie will sweep the season. Before that, everybody said, Black Panther will sweep the season. So you look at the people from Black Panther. Nobody individually was nominated. None of the actors even got a nomination. When that movie came out, everybody was like, oh, they're going to be all over. They're all those guys, give them the awards now. And, and when, when um, A Star is Born came out, they said, give Lady Gaga Best Actress now. Give Bradley Cooper Best Director. Give, it, give them everything. Bradley went home without an Oscar. Dude, I can't tell you how much I respect the kind of heat you're bringing after the day you just had, but this is what you do. (laughs) This is what you do. Let me ask you this. As heartbreaking as that was in that room that Glenn Close did not get it, did it help at all that Olivia Coleman had one of the all-time great acceptance speeches? Ooh, it's genuinely quite stressful. (laughs) um, uh, (laughs) This is hilarious. <laughs> Gone ask. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Um, uh, I have to thank lots of people. If, by the way, I forget anybody, I'm going to find you later. I'm going to give you all a massive snog, and I'm really sorry if I might forget now. Um, but Yorgos, my best director in the best film, I'm with Emily and Rachel, the two loveliest women in the world to fall in love with. And to go to work with every day. I mean, you can imagine. It wasn't a hardship. And to be, to be in this category with these extraordinary women. And Glenn, close. I, you've been my idol for so long. And this is not how I, I wanted it to be. And I, I think you're amazing. I love you very much. I love you all. Um, thank you. Lindy King, my agent, who took me on over 20 years ago. Thank you so much. And Olive and Hildy and um, Brynna, who made me do things I I said no to, but she was right. And um, uh, my mum and my dad. (laughs) Well, you know. And um, (laughs) my kids are at home and watching, look. Well, if you're not, then (laughs) well, kind of well done. But um, I sort of of hope you are. This is not going to happen again. and, uh, uh, and any little girl who's, who's practicing their speech on the telly, you never know. And when I, I, I used to work as a cleaner, and I loved that job. I did spend quite a lot of my time imagining this. Oh, please wrap up. Right, OK. And um, uh, thank you. And my husband, Ed, my best friend. 
I love you so much. 25 years, you've been my best supporter, and he's going to cry. Um, I'm not. And um, uh, thank you so much. I do, uh, uh, Fox, everybody, everybody, the cast, the crew, Francis, <laughs> Sam, thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Um, Lady Gaga. Oh, How good. It took the thing out and it made Glenn laugh, and it made everybody kind of happy. Afterwards, you're like, you know what, it's okay that she won because she came up there and delivered something super genuine and beautiful, so we're good with it. And she shouted out Glenn. So it was cool that the, right, the person who won, you could embrace also. And I think that really helped because if it had been somebody else who was just like, me, 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 it might have, you know, it still might have stung, but look. At the end of the day, Glenn Close wakes up today, and you know what she has? Nothing. I mean, she doesn't still have an Oscar. And that's, you can't put, she has put together a great body of work, man. How do you? I know. I mean, that's her boiling a bunny is still, is cinematic history. She didn't win there. What you know, has she got to do? Yeah, it's hard to imagine. And it, I thought it was great. It was lovely when she shouted out Glenn Close, and I thought it was absolutely hilarious when she shouted out Lady Gaga. That was just the funniest thing. Like, like, oh my God, Lady Gaga, hi. Gaga. Hey, listen, like, Kevin, on a seri- serious note, I mean, both Black Panther and Crazy Rich Asians were groundbreaking movies as it relates yep. to race. It was a big night, I thought, last night for diversity and inclusion. What do you think the long-term effect of both those films might be? Will there be one? With, without a doubt now, when it comes to Black Panther, what it did was it broke the ceiling on what cast films with an African-American cast can do internationally because the knock was always that you cannot put uh, all African-Americans in a film and expect it to perform internationally, especially in the Chinese market or Asia and other places like that. Black Panther blew through that ceiling and now that folks are like, okay, well, wait a minute. And it's also, you look at a kid like Ryan Coogler, who really was the heart and soul of that movie. And he, what he and Michael B. Jordan do together, whether it's Fruitvale Station, whether it is a Creed, or whether it is Black Panther, they have been fantastic together, and they will grow together. And I think they will be recognized many times throughout their life because of the great work they're doing. And then you turn and you look at Crazy Rich Asians. All of a sudden now, movies with all Asian cast can get greenlit. The fact that that movie wasn't nominated as one of the best pictures to me is a travesty. I thought that that movie was fantastic, and it brought a level of heat and fun, and it just gave us an insight into Asian society that we may not have had before. But it, both of those movies were moments in time that they changed the way that studios look at how movies are made and who gets greenlit and who makes them. You know, Kevin, you and I have not talked about Bohemian Rhapsody, but let me ask you this. Nary a word about the film's original director, Brian Singer, after a piece from The Atlantic dropped alleging assault and rape against him. He has directed some of the biggest movies of this generation. What was being said about him the se- about him behind the scenes last night? Because there was nothing for the record. And where do you think that leaves him? People just didn't even want to mention his name. He was literally, it was like he didn't exist. It was like he was never a part of this. And the movie was celebrated. Rami was celebrated. You know, Brian May and those guys were celebrated. And nobody even thought twice about Brian Singer, which is interesting because, you know, you look at how 
quickly he was forgotten and how quickly that movie moved on, but more importantly, how well that movie did despite having that cloud hang over it. And I also want to mention that, you know, Rami fell off the stage after the Oscars. And he held on to his Oscar as he fell. Um, But paramedics came and they treated him and they looked at him and they said, you're good. And the next thing you know, he's up in the governor's ball. And then he's out at a party firing off a big magnum of champagne. So he did, he's just fine. But it was kind of freaky that he fell off the stage. That was. That was. I'm glad you mentioned that. Listen, Kevin, before you go, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate you just manning up for this, I want to ask you about E.T., but a quick sports thought or two. Your reaction to Bob Kraft being charged with two counts of soliciting prostitution at a strip mall massage parlor in Jupiter, Florida. Can I get your reaction, and were you surprised? When you read the details, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. And it's shocking because when you see men of that stature doing something like that, you're wondering, what, is, what are you thinking? That's all. Who's around you? Who's not advising you? Who is letting you go out and do that on your own? And what is making you feel like you have to go to a massage parlor in a strip mall? That's number one. Number two, it'll be interesting to see how the NFL reacts because how hard can they go against Robert Kraft? And how hard will the guys who are his peers, remember, he's going to be judged basically by his peers. And how will someone on the mount, how will they judge someone who really kind of stands on the mountaintop? So I'm very interested to see how this turns out. Because at the end of the day, Jim, think about this. What can they really do? The owners own the league. They hire the commissioner. Hey, listen, you're, you're a pro. You're on, you were on my follow, obviously. I mean, do they hit him with a major, major fine? Do they take control of the day-to-day and give it to his son? But you're right. The commissioner, Roger Goodell, works for the owners. So it's going to be really interesting. I mean, do you think, if you had to guess, Kevin, I mean, my reaction was kind of similar to yours. My, my reaction without knowing the details actually was the same as my reaction when I heard some of the details. My reaction being, the hell is that? The hell is that? But that said, do you think he's an outlier here, or do you think there are other really high-profile people who could very well be engaging in the same behavior? Listen, nobody has a a patent or a lock on dumb decisions. They are made constantly by people who are very wealthy and people who are very poor. It's just one of those things you never get over and you can't understand why people make really, really dumb decisions. This was a dumb decision. And let's remember this. He's single, right? So he can go out and see any woman he wants to see. He can do whatever he wants. He has a girlfriend, I know. But look, basically he's single. He can go out and do whatever he wants to do. Why is he going in a strip mall paying for sex? I guess because he wanted to go to a strip mall to pay for sex. It's very, mean, very strange. Just, just think of the ramifications of oh, being in a strip mall it's amazing. with a, 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 just any old sex worker. Here you are. You are, I mean, you're an icon in New England. You're not just like a, a dude. You're an icon. And it really just makes you think of Elliot Spitzer. Yeah, it defies all explanation and did so on the conference championship game day. I mean, amazing. Which brings me, Kevin, to something else. What is wrong with Tristan Thompson? Now, I could not say this in the jungle, but I can say it right here. Man, dude simply cannot help himself from throwing the pipe around. And that's fine, I guess. 
Not the first, okay, won't so be the last. Here's a couple of things I will say, okay? Because I was, I talked a lot to the family of Jordan Woods, right? Just to know what was going on. There are two things. Number one, no, you shouldn't be at Tristan Thompson's house. You should, there's no reason you're at Tristan Thompson's house. I don't care who was there, and there were famous faces that were there, and she was chasing those famous faces, but there's no reason for you to be there. But here's the other thing that just makes me scratch my head. She was dating Devin Booker. Devin Booker has a max deal, and he has a lot more upside than Tristan Thompson. <laughs> now, they went through a bumpy, you know, a little bumpy period, but still, honey, don't mess it up with Devin. Don't mess it up so you can't go back and fix it. Work things out with Devin. He has the upside. He has the jumper. Tristan is on his way out. There will not be another contract like that. Devin could get more the next contract. So it's really fascinating that that happened. And also, everyone needs to keep in mind this one thing, this one simple note. Keeping up with the Kardashians comes back on March 31st. They always seem to find some kind of drama when it's time for that TV show to come back. Come back. You know, Kevin, now initially, well, not even initially, generally, that's the clone take. It's written into the script. It's written into the script. Is this yeah. guy stepping out on the royal family written into the script, in your opinion? Twice. Yeah, oh, Twice. No doubt. Listen, here's what I will tell you. Chloe and Tristan were done, right? They have been done for a while. So they're done. Their relationship is over. But how is the way you're going to get it out so it has it's sexy, it has some juice, has a little smoke, it'll play well on TV. Oh, that's it. She cheats in the inner circle. He cheats in the inner circle. That's perfect. Now you tune in for that all of a sudden, don't you? You tune in for the heartbreaking makeup between, you know, Kylie's best friend and the sisters, how she alienated them. And now they're trying to work it out and come back together. Hmm. Dude, can, hmm. cannot, could never put anything past a mom who dropped a sex tape of her daughter and sold it and built an empire off it. Can never put that past her, right? Oh, I, all I'm saying is that I never put anything past what happens around the time when that TV show is released. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. Kevin, really quickly, you did you have any idea when you and I we're co-hosting the FX Sports Show in the mid-90s, that it would springboard you to the amazing career and amazing life that you have had and continue to have. I have an amazing life. Mine is second to yours, though. Let's just be not real anymore, here, okay? It's not. It may have been for a minute or two. Not anymore, it's not, my friend. I wouldn't trade places with you. And Kevin, uh, Kevin seriously, seriously, seriously. I, I got a little ways to go. I'm no, 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 bro, bro, bro. I need to say this. I need to say this. I would not trade places with anybody in this world except you. <laughs> Jim, I, I'm down for the trade. But dude, anyway. I, I, I mean this. Dude, I mean this in all sincerity. I could not admire, respect, and be more proud of you for the career that you have had and are still having. It is truly a thing. And by the way, you've earned it. I don't want to go with it's a blessing. I mean, it is. But you have earned everything you have. We both. I mean, listen, we both. And we, you know, I mean, I, you get to see, listen, 
when you are injected in the situations, you learn, you learn from those situations. And I got a chance to learn from you, man. I got to see what it really takes and the hours and the crunching and the, and the way you have to really put it down. So that's the beauty of it all. And that's why it's so great to have, you know, people in your circle like you, you know, who really can show you the way. So that's the beauty of it. But I will tell you this. I have a, I, I'm one, I have a great gig. And it's crazy. And sometimes when I'm sitting in the middle of situations, I'm just like, this is bananas. This is bananas. I, I'm, I, I, I literally look around and I see the people that are in the room. And I'm like, this is crazy. Kevin, the thing is, like, I appreciate what you said about me and that maybe you could look at the way I worked and the way I approached it and then maybe you got something out of that. But the fact of the matter is you can do things. You do things that I could never do. You have a certain skill set that I would never have. I'm curious, with all the things that you've done, the, the Entertainment Tonight thing is really so special and so unique. How, what's it mean to you to be sitting in that chair and to have that opportunity? Every day I, walk, I drive on the lot, you know, I, I realize that. This wasn't a given, and this is not forever, and you have to appreciate it every day. And people always say, well, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? And I'm like, i got to do the best job I can in this job right here. No African-American man has ever sat in the seat that I get to sit in, and I need to live up to a standard that I feel paves the way for the next and also that every day makes people feel proud and not like, Wow, I can't believe they put that jackass up there. No, I want people to look up and say, hey, we're proud of that guy. We're glad he's there. He's doing a great job. So that's what every day you got to come in and, and you got to bring heat and you got to work hard, and that's what it's about. Well, and this is why you get up and you're in the makeup chair at 3.45 in the morning and still grinding really quickly before you go. Like, if you go, like, deep on that, like, if you go back and you think about your family, like your grandfather, yeah. like, when you drive on that lot, you ever think about your grandfather? And what do you think about oh. Every all the time I think about my grandfather and I wish he was here to see this. I wish he was here so I could bring him here and then he could enjoy this moment and soak it up because it's really about him. I think about his sister who, you know, fired uh, as a teacher in 19 in the 1950s for joining the NAACP. And, you know, she went on to train Rosa Parks to to um, in civil disobedience before the Montgomery bus boycott. All those people who really made sacrifices and did stuff, all I'm doing is driving a fancy car on. i got to work hard because they really sacrificed back in the day. And so now it's up to me to keep this thing going. But you got to live up to a standard. Every freaking day. And finally, you are the CEO of Kevin Frazier Productions. What's that side hustle look like, and what types <laughs> of things are you looking to develop with your production company? Which, I mean, the big thing is, is that, you know, I, I, we have a couple of websites and we're all, you know, I've been talking to some folks just before this about other projects and always looking for innovative and different things that not only will, you know, stimulate your mind and be cool, but they're also things that will make people culturally aware and wake up and see things. Like, you know, we're doing a travel, we're, we're about to drop a travel brand right now that is all about places all around the country that you may not normally go to or see or understand and the stories behind those places that have been overlooked or, you know, left out of the history books, but they're still important. They will mean something to a generation of kids who look a lot like me, that they can go visit these places and, and see these things and understand the sacrifices that were made. It's all about, you know, the next generation and getting them straight. 
I hear your phone going. One last topic. One last topic, <laughs> Butta. What was your reaction when you first heard actor Jesse Smollett had been attacked? And then what did you think when you first heard that he had staged the whole thing? Sitting in his trailer, listening to how upset he was about the fact that he wasn't getting paid for the music like he should or for the show like he should. I, the first thing I thought was like, this is weird. Because I've been around Jesse a lot and I've gotten to know him, and I know that he's not the type of guy who would go out in the polar vortex to get a Subway sandwich. I also knew that if you were flying from New York to Chicago and your plane was delayed and you're sitting in first class, you're going to eat. You're going to get food. They feed you. You don't go hungry. And so it all didn't add up. And so I just sat still for a second because I was like, something's, not, something's weird here. And there's something that feels, that feels weird. I didn't know. I didn't think that maybe he made it up. I thought maybe it was something had gone wrong. And now we find out he made it up. But I tell you, when I sat in the trailer with him on the set of Empire, he was really, really upset about his salary and situation and was not looking forward to the show getting picked up for another season. He wanted out. So, Kevin, what did you think when you heard that he made it up? I was just flabbergasted because, I mean, Mike. I, one of my coworkers was texting with him, and he was saying, "I want this is one thousand percent false. I would never make this up." And so he's going hard to say, "I didn't make this up," and we hear and know that he really did make it up. No, he went hard. He was going really, really hard. It's crazy, Jeff. It's so crazy, and it sets people so far back. And that's what he doesn't understand. The damage he did was way worse than any salary gains he could have made. God, isn't that, Kevin, lay that, just end with that if you don't mind. I mean, th this is a jacked up world, all right? This is a jacked up world with a lot of intolerance, a lot of social inequality, but how bad is it for the cause and how insulting is it to those who have really suffered through these types of things when somebody alleges it and it didn't happen? It's not just because here, here's what we have to think about. It's not, there are people of means who will always be able to get lawyers and pay for stuff. But I'm married to a woman who's a public defender. So I get to see on a regular basis the injustice of the world and how people who are on the lower rungs of society are not only overlooked but stepped on. And so I, I like I, my wife goes into the courtroom to battle for those people every single day. And she gets to look and see at how life has been. I mean, they've taken an ass whooping in life, and that's the problem with things. Is now these people, the people not on on just not the stars. You don't don't worry about the stars; they'll be fine. But I'm talking about the day in and day out people, and and it's not just a color thing; it's a socioeconomic thing. But these people will be crushed. They won't be, be believed. The allegation when they bring forth allegations, they'll always be questioned, and everybody should be questioned, but. At a certain level, you have to believe things. And he just set everybody back. And it's just, it's too bad. He doesn't realize the damage he's done because he doesn't live on that level. God, that is so well said. That is so well said. Kevin Frazier, my man, I'll say it again like I do whenever we talk. I love you. I admire you. I respect you. Manning the hell up after the longest weekend ever. Brother, you are the absolute best, Kevin. Thanks so much. You know I love you, Jim. Anytime, anything, any place, you know it. Give love to the wife and everybody else.
Do not take a chance of being stranded. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and get your battery tested. It's free of charge and one of the many services available. If your battery needs to be replaced, the professional parts people will help you find the exact battery for your car or truck that you need. My man, Kevin Frazier. Absolutely love this guy. And I love how he showed up to the pod, running on next to no sleep, and you wouldn't have even known it, but that's exactly what this guy does. Every single day, no days off. Make sure you blow my guy up if you dug what you just heard. He's on Twitter and Instagram, at Kevin Frazier. Frazier is spelled F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. Check him out on Twitter, check him out on Instagram. And if you can hear my voice right now, then hear this. Go press the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using to listen to this podcast. Subscriptions are good for you because then the podcast will automatically download to your device every single week. You don't go looking for it. It will find you. They're also good for the podcast because it helps with the exposure to other new potential listeners. I appreciate you doing that. I'm back next week with episode 72. But until then, here are your voicemails. First new message. Hey, Jim. Hey, Hawk. It's Andy from Rockland. So I was just reading on the Yahoo about um, this man named Kraft, and he's kind of disgusting. And then I realized that he's the label on all my salad dressing and the mayonnaise that I have. So I threw it all in the garbage (laughs) just like five minutes ago. All right. You guys have a great day. Message saved. Next message. Oh, Jimmy, check it out, man. I'm thinking about the Robert Kraft thing. Long-time Boston fan. Sex rules. I think the pimp in the box told me one time, man, sex is king. Brother, man, Mr. Kraft, I'm glad the pencil still works. Message deleted. Next message. Romy, Brendan in the Natty. Since Natty's got A.J. Green... We got Joey Votto, but the good brother, Carl Anderson, my new favorite athlete from Cincinnati. Outro! Message saved. Next message. Romy, it's Ulrich. Why not a race between Misdirection and Hefty, right? And then I thought, well, the only issue would be getting Hefty's ass into the gate. I'll talk to you soon, Romy. Bye now. Message deleted. Next message. Romy. Scabs here. Hey, I love that some shithead called uh, Beaks in Studio City Big Daddy Beaks, implying that uh, someone would actually have sex with Beaks to make him a daddy. That fat bastard couldn't have sex with a woman if his name was Robert Kraft. Message deleted. Next message. The real Jim Shady. What's up? It's Dr. Dave. Message deleted. Next message. Hey, Romy, what's up, man? This is David from Buffalo. Just want to weigh in on that call from Brad and Corona on Tuesday. Hey, Brad, you know, I'm old school, man. I grew up with guys at the Cavalier Nation and Raider Mike and IF Rady and Terrence and, you know, great sports talk radio callers. And to, to me, dude, that nonsense has no business on sports talk radio. You know, mix in some sports takes there, buddy. That's all I got to say to you. I'm out. Message saved. You have no more messages.